0: I would tell you this message this morning is untypical for a Sunday morning. That's why I'm preaching it on a Sunday morning. I've preached along these lines on Sunday night, not in very lengthy amount of time. It's been probably years, perhaps. I've been here four and a half, so uh, quite some time ago I, I spoke on this subject, and normally I would reserve this for a Sunday night because it's a little more isolated to group of people, but I think it's profitable for each and every one, although, um it's one of those things in our country when I, I thought of the message, and I was thinking, well, this just doesn't really fit with Memorial Day because it's you know doesn't lend itself towards patriotism. And I was sitting there this morning thinking to myself, this is the most patriotic message you're going to hear today and probably on any day because it is the foundational piece of a nation. I'm talking about the family and more more squarely marriage, and it, it is the building block of a nation and our families as our co- country has continue to crumble one of the things that is crumbling right in front of us is our family and the reason our families are crumbling because we no longer believe this book and we struggle to keep this book as believers amen it's just fact we struggle with it there's some passages that honestly we just kind of tuck them in a corner and say that one's just not going to work lord i'm not going to get that one done and in, in some ways, I think this is one of those passages that we just kind of glaze over it like, well, the pastor just picking on somebody today, and I'm not picking on anybody. I'm picking on everybody. <laughs> Nobody's going to leave here not upset with the preacher today. And uh, some of you will. Some of you, some, some of you will be okay with this message. I'm preaching specifically to those that are married this morning. If you're not married, I would tell you this message is not directed at you. It is directed at people that are married. However, all of you can benefit from it. Because you might find yourself married one of these days if you're not married right now. And you can save yourself a lot of struggle and heartache if you will obey the Word of God. I will tell you, that, but what I'm going to tell you this morning is not something that I would personally like to tell you. But I will submit to the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God to tell you what we need in our nation and what we need in Christian families as well. We, uh, My pastor used to say this, the church runs about 20 years behind the world. So as the world moves... So we'll say this is the world and this is the 20 years, okay? So you got the illustration. So as the world moves, we find ourselves now in a place where the world was probably 20 years ago. And you know where we should you know where we should be? We should we we shouldn't be over here. And all of a sudden the Bible no longer is working for Christian families, and the reason it's not working for Christian families is because we have dismissed it. And we say, well, that just doesn't work anymore, Pastor. Yes, it does, if we, if we will obey it. I'm not picking on anyone. All of you are going to find yourselves, you're not married this morning, and you, you may, but you may marry in the future. Maybe this morning, you, you know, you, I don't know what your situation. sitting with. There's Every situation imaginable is sitting here right now. There's folks that are, have, have, are sitting here this morning. You, you've been in a divorce relationship for years and years and years, and you're some of the finest families in this church. You've just given 100% of your life to Jesus Christ and you're great servants of God. Fact. We would have a hard time functioning as a church, but we have so many dedicated believers that have gone through some hard times in their lives and have come forward for the Lord and have been married now for decades. But you understand, there's, there's a lot of situations in life that are sitting here this morning, but I want us to get back to the building block of society, and that's the family. In uh, the Old Testament, we find that God made man male and female. i already stepping on toes. I didn't intend to. It just worked out that way. But you understand that God God made us. And what did he mean? He made Adam and he made Eve. In Genesis chapter 2, you don't have to turn there. I'm I'm going to read it to you. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And the Lord said, the Lord God said, it is not good, not good that man should be alone. And I will make him and help meet for him. I looked at my notes and I was thinking, I see the word him twice, and I'm thinking, did I, did I misquote that? And so I, I ran back and checked the Bible, but that's what it says. It says, I will make him and help meet for him. Praise the Lord. I need help. Amen, guys. I need help. I need help. And uh, God knew that I was coming along many, many years after creation, but he said, that guy's going to need help. So he sent me a tremendous help in my life, and uh, we got married when we were young, as most people do. And I cannot visualize life without my helpmate. Just I, I can't wrap my brain around it. We've been married for 43 years, and uh, marriage is wonderful, wonderful thing that God gave to us. In the Old Testament, we see a a lot of things going on in marriage and problems because of sin. Awkward, many awkward situations we find in the Old Testament. But we come to the New Testament. Jesus Christ has come, and we now are the recipients of the whole Word of God. We have it. It's complete. And we have God's Word. We have the Old Testament, and we have the New Testament. The New Testament, Apostle Paul lays down for us the structure of the family. It gives us what a Christian home should look like. The pattern for a biblical home is Christ and his relationship to his church. You want to know what a biblical home is supposed to look like? It looks like Jesus Christ and his church, his people. we the body of Christ. And so when we see the body of Christ, we think of what the bible calls the bride of christ you know that i always generally in gospel presentation explain that when you ask the lord jesus christ to save you it's the same it's a same type of commitment that you make from your heart it is a covenant that you're making with god that you are trusting him for salvation jesus christ has already died on the cross for your sins and he offers you the free gift of salvation and he says, for whosoever, he offers you the invitation of a covenant with him of salvation, but it's compared to in the Bible as a covenant of, of like a bride and a groom. At the final time, when we all come together in heaven, we're gonna have what? The marriage supper of the Lamb, it's called. And so we'll all be gathered together. And so what happens is Jesus Christ gave his all for you and he offers you a covenant of salvation. If you will trust me. And so we understand that I have to come to God and say, I can't save myself. I want you to save me. I'm trusting you as my savior. What is it? I'm giving that that oath from my heart. I'm no longer trusting myself. I'm no longer trusting my church. I'm no longer trusting good works. I am trusting you, Jesus Christ. And when I come in and marry people to, to, to marry them, what happens? I say to the man, do you take this woman to be your lawful little wife to have and hold from this day forward for better, or for worse? And I know the rest, but I'm not going to make you sit through it. And then what I turn to the woman, and I say this often, but if that woman does not say, I do, the man said, I do, the woman doesn't say it, guess what? We're not even having cake. We're going home. Because <laughs> we don't have a marriage. <laughs> Amen? Why? Because you, go, you both got to agree. And understand there's agreement between God that he understands you're lost and dying without him. And so he, he has given his son for you. He's given his all. And he's died for your, for your sins and in your place. But you have to come to the time when you say, I recognize that, that he died for me. And I'm a sinner and I don't want to die in my sins. And I'm trusting Christ as my Savior. So marriage is such a beautiful picture in the Bible of salvation. But also the relationship that Christ has with his church. If you have your Bible open to Ephesians chapter 5, I'll I'll read a few verses for you. Ephesians 5, chapter number 22. The bulk of the chapter is talking about, and and it's, it's a companion passage. In other words, he's talking two different things in the same words. He's talking about the relationship of Christ in his church. At the very same time, he's talking about the relationship of a husband and wife. So when I say the relationship of Christ and his church is the same as a marriage, it's because that's what the Bible says. And so you're going to find these two things going on simultaneously, the relationship of Christ, his church, husband, wife. All right? So as you think of, I want you to focus on what Christ's relationship is to the church, and and the Bible applies it. Verse number 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Ladies, that's it for you pretty much. Now, men, we got the rest of the substance here. And there's a reason for that. It's because Christ carries the load. Verse number 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Read this phrase out loud if you can see it. And gave himself for it understand that's everything that's everything he died for his church he gave himself for it we're talking about marriage at the very same time husbands love your wives even as christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. What is that? We're part of the body of Christ. This is why you never can be lost. You're part of a body. Verse number uh, 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. God sees you as one. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. As I mentioned, the pattern for the biblical home is Christ and his church. In the Bible, we have the book of Titus. It's towards the end of the Bible. It's a small book. The book of Titus, he is admonishing the older women that they are to teach the younger women. That's something that we ought to consider. I love the ladies' Bible studies. But but specifically, the Bible says this to the older women what they're supposed to be doing let me read it to you titus 2 4 and 5 speaking to the the older women to the younger that they may teach the young women to be sober in other words self-controlled to love their husbands to love their children to be discreet chaste keepers at home good obedient to their own husbands this phrase, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Whoa! Do you understand that? When a Christian home doesn't look like a Christian home, what is happening? It says that the word of God might not be blasphemed. Do you understand the gravity of the importance of Christians and marriage? Why, so that God is not blasphemed? That these things are fulfilled in Christians. So when people, and we've lost our way, and that's why I'm I'm rewinding this morning, because we've lost our way. We don't think it matters anymore. Do you understand, you're still blaspheming the Lord in in your marriage, if it's not a Christian home, not a Christian marriage, it's a blasphemy to God? Why, because others have a higher expectation for you than what you think. Why, they blaspheme God. Well, they're supposed to be a Christian, look at the way they're behaving. So, what do we do? We diminish God Himself. Why? Because we're representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ in our marriage. Our marriages should be representative of the church. Amen. Now, if you just joined the church, you're on a honeymoon. <laughs> it's a wonderful church, but boy, it's just, you know, but you'll find, boy, people who've been here 20, 30 years or four and a half realize that the pastor is not as perfect as they thought he was when they got him. Amen. <laughs> and the pastor doesn't think that about himself either. Uh, but you understand, when, when, we, when we go into a marriage, we, we, are, we are speaking to the world. I, I will tell you, I, I had men from work over at my house, and it was such an amazing experience to have unsaved guys over at my house for dinner on a Sunday. They came to church, and then we went to the house for dinner as I recall it, none of them had a wife with them. Maybe none of them were married. I think actually one was, but he didn't have his wife with him. But they were so overwhelmed at just coming in and being part of a Christian family for dinner. I mean, they were overwhelmed by it. I, I, I mean, they, they told me at work, I've never had such a thing. One man, he uh, he's a Christian man, but hadn't been married in quite some, in a long time. And he just, he said to me, and he, he still contacts me on Facebook after all the years, since that meal, and he says, but he said to me at work, he said, I want what you have. I said, well, you can't have her. (laughs) Uh, Amen. Amen. She's already been had. (laughs) But you understand, Christians, it's so important for us to have Christian homes. Christian families, why? Because they're a representative of Christ and his church. And it's a representative of God himself. And I'm just amazed at the statement that the word of God be not blasphemed. That's just striking to me. So ladies, it's so important what we do, not just for the context of our own family, although primarily that's what we're trying to do, raise good families for the Lord. But God has established in his word leadership in the home. We all understand that leadership is necessity. If we go down to the police force today, and, and we have a couple of policemen, at least one in the room right now. Uh, Brother Bob's over with the teen, teaches the teens right now, but Brother Tyler's here. But you understand, if, if, the, if the police department, you went and then they, they said to you, well, nobody's in charge anymore at the police department, we'd all say, what? I ain't gonna no. work. No, 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 no! Somebody got to be in charge. We can't just we just can't let everybody come into work today, and everybody do what they want to do because nobody's going to be at work today. Everybody's going to go right back home. Like, pff, I'm not working a midnight shift. I'm making my own decisions. I'm going home to bed. But you understand, we 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 can't we can't operate without leadership in any organizationally. That just doesn't work. God did not leave the family without leadership. He didn't leave His church without leadership. Who's the head of the church? Christ is the head of the church. We have the Word of God, we have the Bible. And so we have leadership in church, and God set up leadership with the home. I will tell you clearly, it is not about intelligence. That's, that's, not, what he, that's not what God based it on. God, God is God, He knows what is best, He does what is right always. But it's not about intelligence, it's not about always agreeing, to be honest with you. My wife has agreed with me once or twice in 43 years. <laughs> maybe, maybe more. Uh, it's not about your gifts. Oh, I'm, I'm more talented and, and I got more gifts than he did. It's, it's not about gifts, it's not about intelligence, it's not, it's not about those things, it's not, it's not about equality. The Bible says of equality in, in Galatians 3.28, it says there is neither Jew or Greek Of course, you understand, in the Bible days, that was a big deal. The Jews wouldn't have anything to do with the Greek. They just completely separated themselves from them. There's neither Jew nor Greek bond or free, neither male or female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. So it's not about equality. God sees us and loves us. We, uh, We are to obey God, though, rather than men. Obedience to God is first and foremost. If, if, Gentlemen, in marriage, whether you're lost or you're saved or maybe you don't have a saved husband, but understand something, that God's plan for the family still holds. Your husband's still the head of the house. But men, don't don't do things that violate what your wife is supposed to be obedient to the Lord on. Now, wives... If your husband is not a saved man and, and wants you to do things that I would say are not immoral, all right? They're not immoral things. But he sometimes wants you to do things that you would rather not do as a Christian. I think you I think you obey your husband and you try to be the wife that you should be. Now, if he's asking you to do something that's immoral or abusive or any of those things, against the law, so on and so forth, those aren't things that you that you that you do. And um If you're you're ever in a situation like that, let let us know so we can pray, and then if there's abuse or something, you know, maybe, you know, whatever has to happen, but don't just put your head in the sand on that. But understand that we are here to help you. But understand that this is not about those things. It's not about equality of man or woman. We're all one in Christ. We're all equal in Christ. But God has placed the husband as the one that's responsible for the family. And we're to be obedient first to the Lord, and then, and then of course, to, the Bible says specifically twice. Though I noticed this word, it says to your own husband. Okay, ladies, own husband. You're, you're not. You're not. You're not. Some, you're, you're not under the authority of of other of other men. Obviously, in the workplace, I understand those things. The church. God has placed a pastor as in charge of the church, or the head—not the head of the church. Christ is, but as the one that's in leadership in the church. And um, so there, there's places of leadership, but understand those—those those are outside the home. But your your responsibility is to your husband, and your husband is is the one that is in charge of the home. Husbands, I really, ladies, we have such a terrific core of ladies. I. Um, Men, I want you to challenge you this morning, though. I'm sorry, I'm running out of time. Husbands, it's so important for us as husbands to be what God calls us to be as husbands, more than it is for the wife to be called because we're the representative of Christ. Understand the difference? The wife is representative of the church. All right? we're representatives of Christ. And so as representatives of Christ, we have a much higher, higher bar to keep. Ladies, I know it seems like, wow, why, why, why on the women? It, it's, there's three verses about women, and then now we, we have the men. You understand, men, That we have a very high bar, and you have a lot of responsibilities as a husband. It's just not a willy-nilly, hey, great, I'm going to get married and go on a honeymoon. Oh, no, 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 no. You have a very, very high bar that God has set for you. You are responsible for your family. When we face God, you will stand before God and you will account for your family. You understand that? Almighty God holds you accountable for your family. Not, your wife's not going to stand there and give account for your family. You're going to give account for your family. So you, you need to be very careful about what you're going to give an account for. I, uh, I'm always really nervous about coming in the pulpit. I'm not kidding. I've been doing it four and a half years. Zane, I'm still really, really nervous. And, I, you know, once, once I get here, I'm okay. But, you know, just being at church and the services and watching the clock, I'm, I'm always nervous about Sunday school, always nervous about church. Why? Because I'm responsible for the church. I have to account to God for this church. And I don't like that at all. Men, can I tell you something? You've got a responsibility. You are going to count for your family. You're, those things, they're on your watch. And men, you love your wife as Christ loved the church. Number one, I would tell you, it's a sacrificial love, and I'm going to go a little over time because I'm not going to shortchange the men, ladies, sorry. But I got I to I give, give the men what they need as well. Sacrificial love, Christ laid down his life for the church. The total sacrifice of life. He died in your place. Sacrificial love. It is not a me first love. It's not a self love. That is self love when it's me first. Did you just marry your wife? What she could do for you and what she could give you? There are many women that go through life feeling very unloved by their husbands. Wow. Wow. And you know I'm telling you the truth. How does that happen? Do you feel unloved by the Lord Jesus Christ? He gave his all for you. He supplies our needs. We go to him in prayer. We call upon our God through the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He will always love you. Do you understand that what we receive abundantly above what we could ask or think from our God and from our Lord Jesus Christ Yet we find ourselves sometimes men on the short, st- short end of the stick on marriage and probably more often than not where the wife is the bigger giver than the husband. That's pretty often where the wife is extending more towards the husband than the wife is towards her. What is your purpose in marriage? Are you interested in a Christ-like love that is selfless love? Well... Pastor, I want to get back. I want to get on the submission side. Honey, just go ahead and tell me what to do because I don't want the responsibility. (laughs) That's where you're at. You're in the responsible lane of this thing. And we have to be very careful about what how we're conducting ourselves with our wives and in our homes, because we are the responsible ones for the home. The Bible speaks of us as the provider of the home. I recognize that ladies often work and that's more probably common than uncommon but ladies your responsibility first and foremost is to your husband and secondly to your children your family raising your family that's the first two things that god says now what what you do but understand that that, that those are the responsibilities that you carry that you are faithful to your children and your and first of all your husband then your children but men we have a huge responsibility we're to love our wives, we're to love our children, we're to be the providers for them. We're supposed to, we're, we're responsible for the spiritual well-being of our home. Are you the spiritual leader in your home? Where's your wife? Are you the spiritual outstanding one or are you, you leaving that on her plate to be the more spiritual? We have the responsibility to, to be the men that God has called us to be from the word of God See, Pastor, why are you saying this? Our world is falling apart. It's not falling apart. It is falling apart. It's family in USA is a disgrace at this point to the whole world. It's just, it's just, just a shame. And we as Christians cannot stay 20 years behind what the world is doing. We have to stay faithful to what God called us to do. And I'm not trying to be hard on ladies. I'm not trying to be hard on men. I'm trying to save your homes, save your happiness in life. Why? Because God has a plan for the home. And guess what? If we follow God's plan, our home can succeed. We can have the kind of home that God wants us to have. We can raise children in the nurture of the admonition of the Lord. We cannot control. They grow up. They leave. We're not, we can't control them after that, but we have a responsibility until that point. Families are falling apart. The world and TV and all these things, and I, I, don't watch, I don't watch it so I don't know everything that's going on, but I do know enough to know that we have all kinds of odd things going on in TV in relationship to family. And I will tell you this, I haven't seen one in ages, but it started going this way and that's why I quit watching it. The man is always out of touch in these, in these so-called funny shows. The man is always out of touch. The only way is that he is in touch probably if, if he's a homosexual. Then he's probably all in touch. But if you're just a regular man in the home, you're the dummy, your wife's got all the brains, and you're always, you're always just messing things up, and you're always you know, trying to make it right with your wife because of, you're such an idiot. I notice now even the commercials are always preferring the husband as the one that doesn't make the decisions anymore. It's it's an amazing thing that's happening in our country. That is not how God designed a family. And and the total destruction of the family is not funny. It's destroying our country. Destruction. It's an amazing thing what's happened. Studies have shown that the... uh, All these initials, okay, but you get the point of what I'm saying. Studies have found that the GLBT youth, these are teenagers, attempt suicide more than three times more frequently than their counterparts. Three times more likely to commit suicide. Uh, Among those who attempt suicide, almost twice as many of the GLBT youth say they really hoped they would die. In other words, many suicides, maybe seeking attention or, or, or some, something that they just, they need as a person or a variety of reasons, but they really not, they're really not hoping they died. But you understand, these so many more times higher, they really hoped that they would die. 30 to 45% of transgender people have attempted suicide. I have many more statistics. I won't read you. But you understand, they don't have the answer. They're making it look like they got the answer, I suppose, on TV and their commercials. It's not the answer. God always has the answer. Stay with God. Stay with God. Keep your home's foundation on the Word of God. That's why we're Gospel Light Baptist Church. That's why we have a Bible. That's why we say we believe it. But families... Don't follow the world at a distance. Stay stay in place. Say in step, the Bible's the word of God. It will always stand true, and it will always stand faithful. Amen. Ladies, your husband's the last verse I read to you here. It's called, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. One of the things that, that men desire so much from their, from their wife especially is that their wife respects them. Men love to be respected. Understand that? So be, if, if you would just show your husband respect if you're in a troubled situation, I tell you that you would help your home that fast. Men, if, if your wife felt that you loved her and were concerned about her needs, you would see a change in your home. But we get all wound up in ourselves and I want everything for myself and I'm too busy for my wife and I... Men, we have to get focused. We cannot let the world be leading our families to this just, just absolute horrible place of destruction. Sometimes we call it the old time religion. There's nothing old time about me except my age. But this, there's nothing old time in this. This was perfect on the day it was written, and it stands perfect today. It is timeless, it's ageless, and it will be the book that will sustain the test of all time, and we will hold it in our hands in a place called heaven because it's an eternal truth. It's eternal book of God Almighty. I kind of think we'll know it by heart when we get there, like 101, right, when you get to, get to heaven. I'm gonna give you enough brains to memorize the Bible. Uh, let's all stand together I have many more things to say on the family but I, I shall quit we're, we're a little over time ladies and gentlemen there need to be some decisions made today and you, about your homes let's don't blaspheme the Lord because of the way that we operate in our own homes may we be testimonies of the goodness of God and the grace of God, and the power of God in our lives. As the world sees us, may we be testimonies of how good God is, and what, how much we love each other, and how much we're concerned for each other's well-being, and not always focused on our own selves and our own pride.